Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is sponsored by Hammock. Hammock is the social media platform for hostels, connecting you with other travelers nearby. Download now on the App Store or Google Play and join the network today. Welcome to the Hostel Homies podcast. Today's guest is Sean Williamson. This is, it's definitely the latest interview I've done. <laughs> Makes sense for you and I. Appreciate it. Two men that sleep until three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> At least seems right. <laughs> which uh, which trip are we going to talk about today? Um, the two that jump out to me as being the most you know at least monumental in my life were the yeah first time in Alaska and the first mm-hmm. time in Guate. Yeah, summer of 2016 and the winter of 2017 were those two trips. Directly after that summer, I came back and I worked at a Christmas tree farm with my buddy Alex Bokish and was trying to learn Spanish because he had spent a lot of time in Mexico yeah. and there was actually a guy, Saul, that was working with us and I was, uh, because I, I headed to Guatemala directly after that. So this dude, Saul, that you met, he was at the Christmas tree farm? He was just randomly, yeah, just kind of a, a seasonal worker and uh-huh. he showed up at the Christmas tree farm and was just, yeah, just a nice dude, but he didn't speak very much English and so at that time I not learned any span, you know, not nearly as much Spanish as you would hope for spending four months in South America. Mm-hmm. And but I was just forcing him to try and work with me because yeah. I was planning on heading down to Central America for sure. an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you gotta kind of got to take advantage of those opportunities, right? Oh, just badgering somebody into helping you—that's <laughs> that's my forte. Yeah. Hey, you don't oh, really you, want to talk to me yeah, anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> I know we're coworkers and all, but this is what's going to happen next, and I hope you're on board with it because uh, I'm going to smile, you know, while we're doing it. I want to be having a good time. Yeah, I hope you're having a good time. And well, I, this is so like rewarding for me. He's like, yeah, this is the worst job ever. Yeah. And this fucking kid just won't shut up about wanting me to teach him Spanish. I don't care. I'm trying to tie down some Christmas trees on this Acura. He's like, you know, I don't want to like, be here. I don't want to. Jesus. Cállate. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. How do you say Christmas to you? Like that. <laughs> so oh. so excited about it. Dude, as far as seasonal gigs go though, that like that Christmas tree, just for like a month of like working at a Christmas tree farm was the silliest time. Like, oh fucking loved it. When yeah. you got out there, did you know like did you feel like you could keep up with people conversationally? When I first got to Guatemala? Yeah. No, not even okay. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd spent yeah, I'd spent the previous winter in in South America just pointing at shit. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like such a goof. Like, but to be fair, I was linked up with people that were could speak the language, and so I never really had to. Okay, I, you know, like I was traveling alone, but you'd meet up with groups and you'd keep going and. <laughs> At every single point during the trip, somebody in the group spoke better Spanish than I did, uh-huh. and so they were in charge of directing the group around. You could just kind of lay back, oh, like, oh, they've got like, it. Yeah, dude. I traveled with a you know, friend of mine, uh, Nico, that we had met in college, and we weren't that close, but we met up again, and, you know, I think his... Uh, you know, he'd grown up hearing Spanish in the house, and so we're just going around, I'm like, yeah, fucking Nico, take care of it. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like, like, but... 
I that was kind of the impetus for the Guatemala trip is I, I was I wanted to learn anybody that I had talked to in South America that had spoken of Central America is like if you want to learn Spanish go to Guate and the one place that I would go back to if I had a chance is Guatemala is that right the city that I lived in based on that I had mm-hmm. kind of gotten some information I essentially kind of picked this town off of a map I didn't know much about it I had a friend of a friend that I had worked with the previous summer that had said you know if you make it down to that city look up Tyler mm-hmm. and uh but I had hit up Tyler and you know I was like all right well just call me when you're in town type thing but the the town Shayla was not you know it's not a very typical tourist town mm-hmm. um but the whole point was just like all right go buckle down like uh and learn Spanish which mm-hmm. I half achieved okay <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sure. yeah I was I was pretty good but did fun get in the way of that did just like general exploring get in the way of you learning yeah yeah so the first month I was there I lived in a homestay you know mm-hmm. I I showed up in town um actually had met these two people in the airport that are still very close friends of mine in Guatemala City and one of the girls Kayla she takes me all the way to Shayla which is where I was trying to get to I heard mm-hmm. them talking about it and started <laughs> requesting assistance because I had forgotten <laughs> yeah, sure. how much Spanish I didn't know at that point and Kayla was very nice and and kind of took me under her wing and brought me all the way to the town I was trying to go to because she happened to live there this is just a random person at the airport at the at time. At that point, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had met her. <laughs> I had asked her for the Wi-Fi password in the layover nice. in Mexico, and she kind of brushed me off, which is still a joke that we bring up today. <laughs> she's still a very close friend. Of, like, she's yeah. come down. She lives in Seattle and has come down to visit here um, a couple times. But, um, yeah, that was the whole point. Like, I, I went. She brought me to the city and i stayed in the hostel the next morning i woke up and i uh went to the spanish school that the person at the desk recommended and within that night i was living in a homestay i stayed there for about a month spanish class for four hours a day i want to say um four hours a day during the week and then uh yeah living with a, a guatemalan family at night what does that run for? What is what is the cost of getting Spanish lessons? <laughs> I was at every a cost-effective school in town. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't. I think that for the most part, it's a little bit more expensive. But what mm-hmm. I remember is 150 bucks per week. Okay, and that was room and board and four hours per day. Wow. Yeah. Again, the people that I had talked to kind of led me in the right direction. I knew where to go, or mm-hmm. at least I felt like I knew where to go. Yeah, I was at the school for a couple of weeks, and then I, yeah, at that point I had uh, posted on like a Facebook traveler group and just said, "Hey, I was looking for a house." The homestay was cool, but mm-hmm. it's just a lot, you know. To, you definitely do feel like a guest in somebody else's home, and it's hard to uh, establish yourself in a new city while mm-hmm. also still feeling like you know, like sneaking in at night and stuff. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm 25 years old, like. <laughs> I want to be sneaking into a Especially house. Especially when it's not your parents. It right, feels exactly. Even and she's just, Patsy is her name, and she's uh-huh. just the sweetest old woman. <laughs> like, she's just cooking these amazing dinners and stuff, and I'm just like, hey, we were out late last night. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, you know, like, sneaking your pot outside. Oh, like, I'm so sorry, Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, mi cuerpo. Mi cuerpo. You know, like, fucking. You eventually found yourself a house, though? Yeah. So I, I got a job. Like I say, I just kind of posted on this tra- Facebook traveler's website and was like hey i can do light construction or i am a native english speaker like mm-hmm. I, I i've never taught english but i can i got a call you know probably a couple days later from the second 
nicest school in the town, you know, being like, hey, we need, we just had somebody drop out. We need an English teacher for a middle school and a high school class. And so I went to work for them. Really? And so I, uh, yeah, I was working for them and then had met friends in town through Kayla. Kayla invited me out first night I'm in town. Second night I'm in town, she invites me out to this uh, you know, Marte's football, which is soccer on Tuesdays, right? And so I go, and like it was just one of the coolest things for me, like, yeah, to show up in this random town that I had basically picked up a map, didn't know anything about it, and I like not only am shown so much kindness to get taken to this place by somebody. But then automatically you just kind of start to realize that there was this like really beautiful community of expats in mm -hmm. this town. And uh, that first night, or like I say, probably second night I go, I'm in town. Um, yeah, I went out to Marjorie's football and met a lot of people that I now consider very close friends. And I ended up moving in with some of them. So that was, yeah, that was where the house came about. But that was about a month into being there. That's a really cool introduction to that city yeah it was one of the one of the more special things that I, yeah that i carry with me today of like yeah. yeah it was just as soon as i got into shayla it just kind of felt like everything fell into place it was like okay by the next day i have a school to go to and a place to live mm -hmm. the third day i've got it now a group of friends that are just ready made here ready to go and everybody's being extremely kind and then like a month in i had a job and a and a room and a house I, to this day, flabbergasted how it all went down, but it was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It sometimes works out that way. Fucking A, dude. It was, it, yeah. Uh, I'm a lucky dude in that regard for sure, because that was, yeah, I was down there for three or four months living in that town, and it was, yeah, very special. Well, I want to backtrack a little bit, because I want to talk about, you talk about things falling into place so well, and I want to talk about the anxiety that happens before the things happen. Oh, sure. So where were you at? Let's say a couple weeks before that. I was working at the Christmas tree farm basically mm -hmm. up until Christmas. And then I left. Oh, I know exactly what happened. I left on uh, for uh, on New Year's Eve. Because it was right? the cheapest flight. That was the best part. It's like, uh, yeah, I worked, at, I worked at the... I had come back from working in Alaska and uh, worked at that Christmas tree farm until December 25th. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple days to chill. And then I left on... New Year's Eve because I hate New Year's Eve and because it was the cheapest flight I could get out and those two people that I talk about meeting in the airport they had also made that decision fuck New Year's Eve that's, that's cool. the cheapest flight to get back to where we want to be and so it was fun to kind of like go through that with two you know two random strangers that that's time. a cool specific thing to connect on too yeah that, yeah. that means that we you're all flew well. in we're just like uh, who cares about New Year's Eve <laughs> like but that but I can get a cheap flight on that day yeah. so I'm fucking going that's like, how that's, you celebrate yeah, New Year's Eve 100% then. I remember I went to a, it was my favorite part of New Year's Eve is the, like, like from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's dressed up and right. relatively sober at the time. Conversation is good. And it always evolved for me, at least it always devolves into just shenanigans. Oh, people are crying. You know, like, <laughs> by the I'm time upset. Yeah. I'm crying. Yeah. All the thing, you know, like, I was just <laughs> like, I don't want to be there for any of this. They're crying or mine crying. And so I, yeah, I went to a New Year's Eve party for an hour or two and then I went straight to the airport and got on. I, I think that makes you the coolest guy at the New Year's party too to go, Oh no, I got a flight to catch actually. <laughs> Sorry guys. Hey, man, it was so nice to meet you. You're very beautiful. This is great. Like but also like I'm going to Bate. I gotta right. head out. Yeah, yeah. I've Sorry, I can't... Way, I've got a one way ticket right now, I just gotta leave. <laughs> 
I can't be it's your just uh, so New cool Year's kiss. It's just so cool how humble I am. Yeah, about I can't, it, I can't be your New Year's kiss. Just, I'm so uh, sorry. She's like, I have a boyfriend. I, You're like, I gotta, I got, I'm going to Guatemala. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make it less hurtful for both of us. I appreciate you saying that. I, uh, but I gotta go. I just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Such a good guy. What were you telling people well, that night? Even what were you telling people? about your trip what were you saying that you were doing and what were your thoughts on it because you know like sometimes when you're nervous for a trip those nerves will show when people ask you what are you, what are you gonna go do and you go uh you know i'm going to guatemala i think i think i'm gonna go learn spanish or were you pretty confident like i'm going here i'm going to this town i'm gonna do this i had two uh i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing on this flight moments before that Mm -hmm. my initial trip down to south america i was sweating bullets on the airplane and the trip up to alaska for the first time i was like what are you doing you know and so by the time that i got to guatemala for the first time it was like this is probably gonna work out like you know like i at least had had two situations where i had jumped into something without knowing what i was doing and i was like okay I, I, yeah, I don't remember the nervousness that I felt on the first two on the third one is what I'll tell you. I got you. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, the flight from Miami down to Quito, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. I, like, just in your, like, you know, you and I have talked about these mm-hmm. moments where you're just like, I don't, it's just like in your own head, like, you don't, you don't even speak the language. <laughs> like, you don't know where you're going. You don't have the address written down. None of it. You have your, your, your baby sister sitting right now. I had taken yeah. my sister down for the first two weeks in that first trip. I was just like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know really? anything about Nothing? this country? No, Not okay. a thing? Okay, well, vamos. <laughs> <laughs> Dale. <laughs> Dale, baby. Let's go. Oh, man. But, I know those so, but, Yeah, but the long story short, from the time, or at least that party and when people were at, you know, it's like, you know, I had a general plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to this town. I want to learn Spanish. That's the reason that I'm going. And I did not have any clue the community that I would find when I got there, yeah. which uh, greatly inhibited my uh, wanting to learn Spanish because I was like, I want to do whatever these people are doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Were these all people around your age at the time, people in kind of the mid-20s to early 30s? Yes, yeah. yes. I'd say early 20s to mid-30s is gotcha. the, yeah. And just the amount of mm-hmm. people in that age range, both Guatemaltecos and people that were not from there, like uh, international folks, it was, you know, shocking. Mm-hmm. This friend group that you run into, you know, like the whole town kind of knows each other. And Chela's one of those places that uh, if, you know, if you just went and stayed there for a couple days, you'd have no idea. There's, yeah, so many layers to that city. So for the people who had been there for a while, what was a typical night out? If they knew what to do, if they knew where to take you, where would you go? That was one of my favorite parts about Shayla is this that the question was never like, where are you going out? It's, are you going out? Okay. Because if you were going out, you were going to Shamrock. <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's one bar in town. Bar. Like, the, like I said, this is the second largest city in Guatemala. This mm-hmm. is a big area, but as far as like the expats were concerned and as far as the uh, Guatemalans that we would hang out with, it was like, you know, you might pre-funk at your house, but mm-hmm. if you were going out, I'll see you at the bar later. Like, you're going to one, Shamrock. You're going to the Shamrock. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, one of those bars that you just walk into and the bouncers know you and the bar and the bartenders know you and the owner knows you mm-hmm. and like, you know, this big dance floor here and 
an area for kind of chilling and talking. And then we'd go, go play games, card games down in the corner, drinking games down in the corner. It was, yeah, it was a very special time in my life for sure. One of the fondest memories I have is th- those first three months in Shayla. <laughs> People that have been living there for a while always talked about Shayla like it was a little bit of a jail. Like there was lifers that were like, you know, like again, like guys that you'd met that had been there for four, seven, nine years, you know. And then there was people that did stints, you know, like, okay. you know, like oh, dude, fucking Alex is back in. She's 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 in town for a month or Blanche or whatever, you know, like they're they're going to be back here for a little bit, you know. It was, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like that. And then you just have people that come and go, you know, county jail types. You know what I'm talking about. I don't, <laughs> need, course, to, I don't yeah. need to explain That's this to you. That's most of Joe. my podcast yeah, no. <laughs> Convicts. Come yeah. on. What are we talking about here? So speaking of podcasts, did you uh, start recording yours when you were out there? It's uh, it's important for me to note that Sean and I had talked about the idea of doing a podcast uh, where you interview the people you meet on your travels, and this was maybe about four years ago. I'd say oddly similar to the one that you created here. <laughs> uh, incredibly similar you in some so? respects. No, I was going to take it in a different direction. I kind of like the way so. you, the path you've taken, but... <laughs> I, I kind of lost it. I, my recording equipment had gotten stolen in South uh-huh. America, and I think that I don't know why I let it deter me so much, but I was just kind of frustrated at that, and I was like, "Man, I had such good stuff on there, mm-hmm. and then just you've done more with it than I could ever." I, I'm just happy for. It. I'm glad that it's happening because I think it's I think it's a worthwhile thing. Well, I, I appreciate that. Let's talk about what you did with yours because. Let's talk about your your recorder getting stolen and whoever stole it, what are they listening to right now? Just the saddest boy in the world trying to figure it out in the middle of the forest is what it is. Like just audio recordings of you talking bro, to yourself. It's not good. And like just I was gonna call it talking shit with Sean and so like I this is all true, unfortunately. And that so my first two weeks when I get to South America, I go, a friend of mine that I had worked with, she owned some land in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she had told me uh, early on, right out of college, um, she's just like, hey, if you ever need to get out of town, whatever it is, I've got this, you know, property you can go work at. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get, and <laughs> years go on, and and uh, <laughs> my mental state decays to a point where I'm like, oh, that seems like a really good idea. <laughs> and so my first two weeks was a lot of that uh, footage. Yeah, it was just me just like trying to do the first episode. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the first inaugural. And I'm just out in the middle of these coffee fields talking to nobody except for the recorder <laughs> in my hand. And I still have, I've, I've showed you a couple of them, but I still have a couple of the original recordings that mm-hmm. I was able to transfer onto a an app before my recorder got stolen and you can just hear like the <laughs> just hearing yourself talk through stuff is very cathartic I oh, think. Yeah. and like it's kind of fun to hear just because you remember the stage that you were at and the minds that you were at at the time and, i don't know we're fucking 20s you know we have time to find something that we're passionate about doing permaculture for you i don't yeah. know what yet for me but it just does, it just made... Traveling for the moment. Yeah, yeah, traveling for the moment. It just made completely zero sense to me, you mm-hmm. know. You get one shot at this whole fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. At being on this planet. There's been a lot of humans that have done it before us. There'll be a lot of humans that do it after us. Our lives, I'm convinced, are not that significant. So you might as well yeah. fucking go for it, right? Like, it just, I just 
could not see the logic in taking the safe route anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I still I still have some of those, but some of the conversations that I really wish I still had with close friends are are they it did get stolen. They're long gone. They are long gone, and there is just some very confused Colombian man <laughs> in Santa Marta going like, I just I, part of me hopes that he did find somebody that spoke English just to like <laughs> just to and just be like, this is a very confused young man, like speaking into speaking to nobody sometimes and, and other people sometimes, but what for the most part, just talking into the microphone. <laughs> what if that's how he learned English? That, I like, hope this so. This is how you taught. This is how you truly taught. I know you worked at the school and all, but yeah. this is how you really taught. I think that I really gave a gift to a random uh, baggage handler in Santa oh Marta, Colombia. I think that if he did, he's got a very specific vocabulary no now. No kidding. And just a way of speaking that's very bitchy, I would guess. <laughs> Mad at Welcome to talking shit with Sean, you motherfucker. God, man. What are you doing here? <laughs> What's the point of it? I'm just, I'm in Ecuador. Oh. On a coffee. I don't field. know what I'm doing, man. <laughs> Who are the two people you met? At the airport. Caleb Ellman and Bob Mott. They are two of, I mean, I still consider them to be very close friends. Mm -hmm. Bob uh, was in, I got to see him in New York a couple weeks ago. And Kayla uh, was living in Seattle until about a month ago. We're still in constant contact with both of them. And literally heard them having a conversation at baggage claim talking about Shayla and went up and approached them. and, And here we sit. No kidding. Yeah. You know, like I, I was feeling better about the Guatemala trip at that point, but didn't really know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I was going to get to this town. And again, I show up. I seen Kayla in the in the Guadalajara airport. We all had layovers there mm-hmm. and we all got uh, and like there was this, you know, <laughs> the only other white chick in the airport. Mm-hmm. Me being the original white chick. <laughs> uh, white chick number one. Right. White chick number one is how I describe myself. Her being white chick number two. And we were sitting at this restaurant and I like leaned over to her and I was just like, hey, do you know the Wi-Fi password? And she just completely snuffed me. You know, like, no, I have a plan. I was just like, oh, good. I was trying for human connection. I don't speak the language of anybody else around here. I was trying to open and she just was just like, yeah, no, I have a, a wireless plan that works down here, dipshit. <laughs> to be fair to her, it was four in the morning. You know, sure. like we had gotten a New Year's Eve flight. Ah, uh, yes, yes. We're in Guadalajara at four o'clock in the morning. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. <laughs> but it's funny because she is now one of my close friends in the world. And so that is our first interaction is being really like, hey, uh, you know, you're another human being. Right. You know, like I'm uh, and like super vulnerable, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm also very sleep deprived. Like, and she's just like, Yep, I got a, I got a phone plan, bud. I don't know what you want, but go get yourself a SIM card now. That's Fuck right. off. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Didn't speak the language at that time, and I heard the two of them talking back and forth in English at the baggage claim. And they were talking, some I think she had said Shayla or something like that. And I was, you know, I went up to Bob. I didn't know at that mm. time. And it was just like, hey, I'm Sean. You know, like, <laughs> She was mean to me was before, that? so I'm going to talk to you. Not now. even mean, just, uh, you know, she had her own things going on. Hey, I'm and, Sean. Uh, I don't have a fucking cell phone plan. <laughs> Can I, I talk wanna, to you guys? I just want to be clear right off the bat I don't have a cell phone plan. I might need the Wi Fi later. And, uh, 
yeah, just, uh, you know, like, yeah, I introduced myself and said, hey, I heard you guys talking about Shayla. Like, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get there? And we all end up taking the shuttle back. Turns out we have this mutual friend. The one guy that I've kind of had, you know, a friend of a friend has said, hit this guy up when you get down there. He's a mutual friend of all three of ours. Mm-hmm. Kayla knows him very well. Bob used to live with him, all in Shayla. And I, he's my only half contact down there. I've never met him before, but oh, I've hit him kidding. up over. And so... Kayla and Bob have never met. I have never met either of them. And so we just kind of bond over knowing Tyler. And then we have the shuttle back to Antigua the first night. She ends up taking me to Shayla the second night. And then the rest is kind of history, you know, like, yeah. But it was just one of those serendipitous moments where, like, you know, the three of us didn't know each other before that baggage claim. And when Tyler we at, was just a name. Right? And Tyler, for me, was just a name. Mm-hmm. He was a name and a, and, and a, 30 second Facebook messenger conversation. Hey, Dan knows you and (laughs) he's a friend of mine. And you know, like even that's important though, dude, anything to get you in the, just, just hey, initiating the conversation is half the battle. Right. You know, like it, yeah, it just ended up working out. And I mean, we were all at Friendsgiving together last year type thing. A year later, find ourselves in the same room having, you know, sharing a meal with a bunch of friends. Uh, see that's and they're both yeah both still very close friends of mine for sure see this is why i created this idea for this podcast is for just for moments like this, <laughs> this is why i thought of an idea and i don't for a podcast. people don't give you enough credit but i like i've been since day one just such a passive aggressive promoter of this program hey guys you'll really like this one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, look, he records his conversations with people that he meets along the way. That's a really cool concept. That'd be nice. I was going to call it Talking Shit with Sean. I knew you were. What a shitty name, too. Hustle Homies is way better. Talking Shit with Sean is just so hard to say when you're by yourself. Hustle Homies is already hard to say. Welcome to Hustle Homies is already hard enough to say. Saying, hey, welcome to talking shit with Sean. Like, you have to be looking and over your shoulder. Saying it in like a sad voice in the middle of a coffee field <laughs> that you have no business being in is really the, the, the ice on top. I think I delete, unfortunately, I do think I delete it because, like, it would make sense that I would have those recordings. Like, yeah. I have everything else from around that time, but I think that I deleted all of those just because I was like, <laughs> nobody should ever hear this. And it was just, you know, like probably 10 tries, right? Yeah, 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 sure. But hey! I was just like, no, that's not real, man. That's disingenuous, you know. You always see those scenes in the movies where the guy is about to call the girl. And he's like, he's practicing all the ways he's going to say it. That was just you in the middle of a coffee field in Ecuador going. Instead of a mirror, I have real hard copies of me trying to do it. And that I get to listen back on and be like, that's not it. Wazoo! (laughs) What's up? You're here with Bob. We're just talking shit, bud. Not that one. Not that one. Nah, dude. Get real. Get real. Can't be the one. Where in the world should everyone go? Uh, and it can be as general as a city, it can be a town, a neighborhood, it can be as specific as a park bench you sat on once somewhere. Where in the world? One, well, obviously when you ask that question, one place gets put to mind. Merlin's Books is one of the most special places to me, and it's in Bogota, Colombia. Mm-hmm. And... uh it's this, uh, I don't know why, it, you know, I, I went there for the first time, that first trip, 
And it was, uh, I had had trouble. I got into reading. I've never, uh, growing up, reading was always something that I had to do, you know, and like I, <laughs> the unfortunate truth is, is that I first started reading for pleasure when I was 24, mm -hmm. you know, and I was having trouble finding books a long time. And, uh, the girlfriend of mine at the time had given me a, a Kurt Vonnegut book and that kind of spurned me on to like, oh, I was like, oh, dude, I like reading, you know, like this whole thing. <laughs> you guys hear about this reading? Yeah, this whole books thing is phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has heard of it. I'm pretty, you know, I'm a visionary when it comes to these types of things. It was, it was always, a cool fad. It was yeah, a cool fad at yeah. the time. Yeah. But I was, you know, having trouble. And then I found, yeah, I, uh, Colombia was one of the last places. It was the last country that I went to. And, um... I was in Bogota by myself. I, you know, checked into this hostel and I was just kind of dicking around town and um, kind of just found it serendipitously. Like, you know, I just kind of walked into this, uh, a very old building, right? And it's just stacked from floor to ceiling with books from all different parts of the world. That was my favorite part. It's like, it's this three-story building that's not supposed to be a bookstore. It's supposed to be a house. It's supposed yeah. to be an apartment. And it's just everywhere you look stacked to the from the ceiling to the floor but it's not like a cluttered stacked it's just like this is what it's go, is, is going on and it's three stories and as you walk up you'd be like okay all of this room all of the books are in french all of the books are in dutch in this room all of the books are in spanish in this room and it was just at that point i was kind of so enamored with just reading in general that i was like man that is phenomenal that you can go to this bookstore in this country, no matter where you're from in the world, and you can go to your room and just be, you know, like there's just so much knowledge from so many different parts of the world congregated in this space. And also the English section was the best that I'd seen in a long time. And so I ended up buying like eight books, which is a stupid thing because I'm carrying you're a backpack traveling. around. Yeah. Like just heaving this heavy <laughs> backpack around at that point for no, I'm not going to, I read a book maybe that I bought in that trip, but I was just so stoked on being in there that I was, you know, buying them like hotcakes. That's the one thing that did come to mind when you first brought it up. Merlin's books in Colombia. Bogota. Sean, thanks for being on the podcast. I love you like a son. But... <laughs> I love you back. Thanks for listening to Talking Shit with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one, baby. Any more. Thanks for listening to Hostile Homies. <laughs>